If a Christian doesn't pray about heaven, that's a remarkable lack. Who ever heard of exiles not thinking about home? Now, I said, that's exactly what the rosary is. We are in a new moment of time and a new moment of space. So we keep saying to our Lord and to the Blessed Mother, I love you, I love you. That's the Holy Rosary. That's the Catholic faith. The whole Catholic faith is in it. Well, I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade, your Rosary on the Road. We're wrapping up this series now. We're on the final sorrowful mystery and we're on the uh, on the end of the series. We're on the fifteenth the fifteenth episode of the of this of this series. So what's going to happen now is we're going to take a couple of uh, weeks. We're going to take a two week hiatus uh, and prepare for Easter because we're entering Passion Week too. This Sunday uh, is Passion Sunday, and then that'll be followed by Palm Sunday, obviously, and then finally by Easter. Uh, and during the next two weeks, I'm I encourage all of you to um, I have a a meditation today that has been specifically I've kind of tailored it a bit I've really given this one a lot of thought and planned it out and, and it's been the chief meditation for the Sorrowful Mysteries for me for a little bit now so that I've got something that I hope I'm sending you off with something solid and as you go into these last two weeks of Lent, this is something that hopefully you will be able to reflect on and draw a good deal of fruit from. Now, maybe not. It may be completely useless. <laughs> I certainly have no insight into how useful or not useful these things are to people. But hopefully it will be useful and prepare you for a, a fruitful last two weeks of Lent. This is a good time to redouble our efforts, to renew all of our, our vows and our promises, uh, and really prepare in, a, uh, in, an, in an intense way uh, for uh, what's coming on Good Friday. Now, today's prayer was one that was uh, inserted rather suddenly, and that's uh, for Austin. He was in a car wreck uh, that has left him very badly injured and his family uh, really quite put out. He's got quite a few kids. Uh, and uh, I don't know the details of the car wreck, but I know that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good. Uh, and so we're going to be praying for his healing today. And if you have any prayer requests, I've actually, I still have to flesh out the schedule uh, when we return after Easter. And I'm going to plan on doing that. Uh, probably, I may end up taking three weeks because I may use that first week after Easter just to plan out the next series. And it may also be when we start making the move to the new RSS feed. Uh, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, I will inevitably announce everything uh, on the Telegram channel. I'll make sure that everybody's aware of everything that's going on. Uh, and uh, I will also be posting on all the other social media sites that I'm on, Gavin um, and the Fediverse. Uh, I may even make an effort to make a, a post on the website so you see anybody subscribed through the WordPress site will see that pop up, uh, depending on what, what is planned. But if you have any prayer requests, feel free to send them in. I have not gotten everything written down yet uh, for the new series, but your prayers will be heard in the next series, uh, or 
your prayers will be said <laughs> in the next series. Uh, God hears all prayers. What he does with them is, is his business, but uh, we will make sure that he hears them. Uh, and you can write those in to Daily Decade Requests at proton.me. That's Decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests, in the plural, at proton, P-R-O-T-O-N, dot M for Michael, E for Elizabeth, proton.me, dot me. You can also send them in on the uh, weekly post that I make on the Telegram channel. It opens with the word, Oremos, let us pray. You can respond to that, as well as sending me a message on Gab, or on if you're on the Fediverse, you can send me a message on the Fediverse. Uh, on Fetty, I'm at the Daily Decade at poa.st. Uh, on Gab, I'm at the Daily Decade. On Telegram, I'm at the Daily Decade. Everywhere I am, I'm at the Daily Decade. If you see me with a different at, it's not me. I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I do not have a presence on any other social media sites. Uh, and uh, I don't, I don't have a Patreon uh, or or a Gumroad or anything like that. Although I have been told that I should do that, uh, maybe for the next series, we'll see. I'm trying to think of the other ways. Oh yes, of course, and I'm syndicated on ExodusAmericanus.com and Americaner.org, and both of those sites are sites you can comment on to let me know uh, about prayers that you'd like to have heard. Uh, uh, or any comments or questions or criticisms that you might have of the recordings. Now, I think that's all my housekeeping. If I'm not mistaken, I've covered everything. Now, today is a Friday, so of course we are going to be praying in Latin. Uh, so go ahead and get your rosaries out. Uh, get yourselves uh, in a state of prayer. Put yourselves in the presence of God. And we will pray for Austin and for his family. In nomine Patris, Fidii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Credo in Deum, Patrim Omnipotentum, Creatorum Ceri et Terre, et in Jesum Christum, Fidius Eius Unicum, Dem Dominum Nostrum, qui conceptus est de Spiritus Sancto, Natus ex Maria Virgine, passus sub Pontio Pilato, crucif crucifixus mortus et sepultus, descendit an inferos. Tertia die resurrexit a mortuis, ascendit ad cerem, serrat ad dexteram dei patris omnipotentis, inde, inde venturi est judicari vivos et mortuus. Credo in Spiritum Sanctum, Sanctum Ecclesium Catholicum, Sanctorum Communionum, Remissionum Peccatorum, Vit Carnis Resurrectionum et Vitam Eternum. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Celis, Sanctificator Nomen Tuum, Adveniat Regnum Tuum, Via Voluntas Tua, Sicut in Celo et in Terra, Panam Nostrum Quotidianum de Nobis Odiae, et de midi nobis debita nostra sicud et nos diminimus debitoribus nostris et ne nos inducas in tentationem sed libera nos amalo Amen Ave Maria gratia plena Dominus tecum benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus Sancta Maria Mater Dei 
ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Fidio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicurerat in principio, et nunc et semper, et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Quintus Mysterium Dolorosum, Crucifixio Domini Nostri, Jesu Christi. Pater Noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fia voluntas tua, sicur in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis hodie, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicur et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora bis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. 
Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patria, Filio et Spiritui Sancto, Sicurerat in Principio, et Nunc, et Semper, et et Secula Seculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, Vita Dolcedo et Spes Nostre, Salve. Ad te clamamus, exulis filia evi, ad te suspiramus, gementes et flentes in hac lacrimaro, vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, Ilos tuas misericordes oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium ostende, o clemens, o pia, o dulce Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, ut digni officiamur permissionibus Christi. Oremos. Deus, cuius anigenitus per vita mortem et resurrectionem, suam nobis salutis Eterni premium caparavi, concire quesimus. Urhec mysterio sacritissimo, beati Maria Virginis Rosario, recolentes, et imitemur quod continent, et quod promitunt, esequamur. Periundum Christum Dominum nostrum. Amen. Oremus. Domine Sancti, Pater Omnipotens Eterni Deus, Qui benedictionis tue gratiam egris infundendo corporibus, facturam tuam, multipici pietate custodis. Ad invocationem tui nominis benignus assiste, ut famulum tuum ab agriturine liberatum et sanitate donatum. Dextera tua erigas, virtute confirmas potestate tueris, Atque Ecclesiae, Tui Sancti, Com Omnia Desiderata, Prosperitate Restituas, Ver Christum Dominum Nostrum. Amen. Sancti Michael Archangeli, Defende Nos in Praelio, Contra Inquisium et Insidious Diaboli esto presidium. Imperio de Deus, supplices deprecamor. Tuque princeps milite celestis, satanum, aliosque spiritus malignos, qui ad perditionum animarum pervagantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum detrude. Amen. Sacritissimum cor Jesu, miserere nobis. Sacritissimum cor Jesu, miserere nobis. Sacratissimum cor Jesu, adveniat regnum tu. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Christ hangs on the cross for all time. That's a quote from Pascal that appears in multiple 
uh, sermons given by Bishop Fulton Sheen. And I think the reason why he keeps going back to it is that it's a it's a statement of emphasis. Our faith is founded on a stone that was laid at the foot of the cross. Everything that we are as Christians, is, it starts there. Now, there are those who prefer to believe that it starts on the rock of the tomb rolled aside, but there cannot be an Easter Sunday without a Good Friday. I'm quipping from uh, Bishop Sheen again. He says the same thing. And it's true. Uh, I, and it's it's true of everything in life that without some measure of suffering, there simply can't be any kind of reward. And anything worth having is worth having by means of struggle. It's in the it's in Job that the life of man upon earth is warfare. Some translations prefer struggle when they use when they say that phrase. And it's true. We must struggle. We must fight. As I uh, I've forgotten where I heard it uh, or who's responsible for saying it, but I I, I see I, for some reason it's sticking in the back of my head that it must be Chesterton. It said something along the lines of uh, dead fish can't swim up against the stream. And it very much the uh, going with the flow of the world and conforming oneself to the general tendencies of the world without struggle is a sign of spiritual deadness. The life within you will make you struggle. Because all of us here, if we're aware of our spiritual lives, are a bit underwater. And we're constantly swimming upward to try to get that gasp of air at the end of it. And that's our whole life. That's the, that's, it's the consequence of sin. It's, it's almost as though to say that uh, when Adam was put in the garden, uh, we, we all had gills. We could, we could breathe here on earth. And then afterwards, we, we lost that ability. And so when we get ourselves too attached to the world and things of the world, we begin to drown. I weren't, you know, I'm thinking about that metaphor just as I said it, and I'm worried that it may sound a little Gnostic. I don't want, I don't want to give that impression that the world is evil, uh, that, that physical material, the reality is evil, I mean. Uh, the world, as, as St. Paul refers to it, sarks, the flesh, that is a tendency towards evil because of sin. And it can feel very much like we're drowning in it. But the material reality around us retains its original form. It's, it's, it's for us to regain our ability to interact with God by being in the world but not of it. In other words, you can, you can swim underwater knowing that you have to come up for air. There we go. I think I've fixed that metaphor. Anyway, before I go walking down that path too, too far, there is something much more important that I was thinking about for today. And unfortunately, I don't know that I have a very comfortable segue. So I'm just going to have to shift gears very quickly and jerk our, uh, off, the, uh, off the side of the road here and onto the sidetrack. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Hope your seatbelts are buckled. 
What we're really talking about today is the crucifixion. I'm going to bring us back to where we were. And Christ on the cross. Christ on the cross for all time. What a wonderful image that is. Not a pleasant image, but a wonderful image, full of wonder. It should be, it is an awesome image. When Christ is on the cross, he is not silent. He is silent before Herod. He is silent on his way to the cross. But on the cross, he is not silent. On the cross, he is very assertive. He continues to teach. He admonishes. He prays. And these last words that he utters from the cross are words that he continues to utter to all of us as he still hangs there insofar as his crucified humanity is that which ascended into heaven. And so these messages are intended for us as much as they were intended for their first hearers and have been handed down to us through time for that reason. And there is a journey that we take as we hear Christ speaking from the cross in our own spiritual lives. And this is something that we should have before us as we're preparing for Lent, as we're preparing for Easter in the midst of Lent, as we go through Advent, any penitential season at all, in our preparation for confession. This is a reflection that is valuable to us. What are these last words of Christ? And to whom are they spoken? Well, there are seven, traditionally there are seven last words of Christ. It's a devotion that was, uh, I won't say pushed, but encouraged by Bishop Sheen and several others. Christ speaks from the cross when he is first nailed to the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He says this out loud. Now prayers, obviously, he's, he himself is God. Communicating to the Father would, be, would, would require very little effort from him. But let's go back to Lazarus. When he stands before the tomb of Lazarus, he gives thanksgiving. And he says, I thank thee, Father, that thou hast heard my prayer. Not because I think it's it's uh, be, I for I know that thou hearest all my prayers, and I say this not for my sake, but for the sake of those who hear. When Christ prays out loud, that's 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 him articulating. When Christ prays out loud, he is praying for all of us, for us to hear anyone who's watching, and so when Christ says. Father, forgive them. To whom is he speaking and for whom is he speaking? Well, he's speaking to God, but he's speaking for those whose forgiveness he is begging from the Father. The Roman soldiers and onlookers who are directly involved in his crucifixion, and he's also praying for each and every one of us when we participate in crucifying him anew which we do every time we sin, every time we fall, 
we take a hammer in hand and we nail him to the tree again. Depending on our sins, we participate to a greater or lesser extent in each part of the Passion and inflict the pain on Christ. And he knew it at that time. He knew exactly what you were doing to him. He knew exactly what I was doing to him. And he still went and he died for us anyway. That's the first word from the cross. It's a word of hope for all of us when we sin and when we fall. And he offers us more hope if we should choose to turn from our sin and seek his forgiveness ourselves and welcome and do penance if we are crucified with him. Amen, I say to you, this day you shall be with me in paradise. For what is that but an answer to the, the begging of forgiveness, to a confession? There wasn't much that that thief could say, that St. Dismas could say, but he could say enough. He said he confessed a creed by believing in Christ. When he says, Lord, when thou comest into thy kingdom, it's a confession that he has a kingdom, remember me. And a prayer, which is a recognition of Christ's authority. He recognizes him as God when he calls him Lord. He recognizes him as a king when he talks about his kingdom. And he recognizes him as the Messiah when he begs his forget when he, he begs his forgiveness. Take him into the kingdom. And that's what we do in our penitential acts. We are crucified to the world, St. Paul says. And in being crucified to the world, we turn to Christ and we say, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. In a way, remember me when I stand before the throne. Now Christ has forgiven us, and we move forward. And now we're not on the cross next to him anymore, we're at the foot of the cross. We have gone from crucifying Christ to crucifying ourselves and begging his forgiveness, and now we are at the foot of the cross adoring him, in sorrow, watching him crucified. Because to whom does he speak next? Woman, behold thy son. Behold thy mother. We are in an ideal state, crucified with Christ in a state of so crucified with Christ in a state of sin, where the thief suffering and yet adoring. Crucified with Christ in a state of grace, we are like St. John and St. Mary and the Blessed Virgin Mary at the foot of the and St. Mary Magdalene at the foot of the cross, looking up to him. And here he gives us support. Not merely the promise of our forgiveness, but the guarantee that we will have support and that we have responsibilities as well. Just as he said to St. Peter, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Here he says, woman, behold thy son. 
we are entrusted not just to Mary as not just to Mary but to the, all the saints she is queen of the saints after all and then behold thy mother now here St. John is given the Blessed Virgin Mary to care for as a son would care for his own mother and we are given responsibilities as well not merely responsibilities of dignity that we have to pay to those who are given to us but also our responsibilities to one another this is a worldly responsibility that St. John is given because Christ is her only son she has no one else and Joseph is gone and so she needs someone to care for her and in a way it is a reiteration of that greatest commandment and the one that Christ illustrates when he talks about the last day when I was hungry you gave me to eat when I was in prison you visited me those who suffer and those who are in need we are called to act in love to, a, to help them and so we owe it to one another and there are many ways that you can feed someone who's hungry it doesn't just mean finding a beggar who needs a and, and buying him a Big Mac there are a lot of people out there who are hungry in a spiritual way and are desperately in need of spiritual food and if we pass them by without the and do not take the opportunity to share that spiritual food with them when we have it perhaps out of embarrassment of the faith we are don't want to start a long conversation it's inconvenient well that we have neglected an opportunity to feed the hungry and the same thing is true of someone who's in prison and you visit it and you visit them who is in prison if not those who are bound as slaves to sin what does it mean for a visitation now you can admonish a sinner and you can restore his hope in God and in himself and so we are given not just the Blessed Mother who we are given the Blessed Mother in the person of St. John but we are given the whole church and we're given a task and a duty that we carry out. And having fulfilled this, we move onward. And we are tested. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Christ is doing two things here. Three things, really. The first one is he's reciting the psalm that confirms his messianic quality. That he is the Son of God, he is the Messiah. If you read the rest of the psalm, it's his crucifixion is a fulfillment of prophecies put forth. He's also denying himself the beatific vision, or at least that's the common opinion of many of the doctors of the church. He's denying himself the, uh, the beatific vision. And finally, he is giving us an example of what St. John of God called the dark night of the soul oh goodness I think I've mixed them up I think it's St. John of the Cross I always get the two mixed up when I'm trying to remember them but it is this dark night of the soul here he is on the cross perfectly sacrificing himself living a life of Christian perfection as not as a model to all of us in addition to being our savior and he is now in darkness 
And this is something for us to prepare for. Something to ready ourselves for, something to steal ourselves so that we can survive it and come out the other side strengthened. I thirst. What does the world have to offer us but gall and vinegar to turn our faces away? It is accomplished. When we have passed through all of these stages in our spiritual life, and we have come to love God and to hate the world both within ourselves and without ourselves, to reject the gall and vinegar, when we can love God and be in perfect communion with Him even in our hours of darkness, then we have accomplished what Christ set out to accomplish for us. We have filled up what is wanting in the sufferings of Christ, as St. Paul says. And at that point, we can say with perfect confidence as the saints, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And so there's a mystical journey that we take through the last words of Christ as we wind up from the Roman soldiers to the repentant thief to the mother of God and St. John, to Christ himself on the cross, in his human and in his, God, and in his state as a man, in his state as God and in his state as the God-man, offered for us on the cross, joined perfectly to his crucifixion, the ultimate goal of all Christians and all Christianity is to put us there at the last moment when we sacrifice ourselves and give ourselves entirely to God. And so it is a good thing this Lent to reflect on what stage of that mystical journey we are on. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're probably not very far along at all. But knowing where we are, knowing where we ought to be, gives us, well, the rest of our lives and the next two weeks to take advantage of what graces we do have to move forward. And when we fall back to stage one to pick ourselves up again and move through again, if we find ourselves among the Roman soldiers, remember where we were, especially if we were at the foot of the cross, because we can move from being at the foot of the cross with the Blessed Mother to being at the foot of the cross with the centurion and the soldiers casting lots. And we very quickly, all it takes is a sense of forgetfulness about where we are and what we're doing. May we never forget. And after this Easter, may we continue to move our way towards Christ. Since you won't hear from me again, until then, hope that everyone has a uh, very fulfilling Lent and a very, very happy Easter. God love you.
The moon is the symbol of Our Lady. The moon is for those in darkness. And I think in a special way for sinners. So that if we but look to her, who is the moon, and derives all light from the sun, they would never fall into an abyss. Now this is the rosary.